The Princess Dog by Karen McMillan We were outside sleeping in the green tent in the backyard when I found out where I was from. Three girls and the mom were uncomfortably trying to fall asleep and I kept alternating between snuggling on their feet and walking on their legs to look out the door of the tent. It was important to notify them of each car and person and firefly that passed my line of sight. Why is Hershey so bad? asked the smaller one who knows where to scratch behind my ears. Why are you so bad? replied the bigger one who usually smells like hot chips and perfume. The other girl giggled. She was a visitor spending the night. She smelled like Arabic food and kindness. I got Hershey for free because she was so bad, the mom said to the visitor. The people who had bought her from the breeder returned her when she was a year old because she was so uncontrollable and they didn't want to keep her. I saw an ad on Facebook for a free chocolate lab, so I drove out there and they gave her away to me, free, purebred papers and all. I stopped checking for dangerous threats outside and settled next to the mom's side. She played with my ears while she continued, but I think the real reason we have Hershey is because she got banished from her kingdom and sent to live with us. She used to be a princess in faraway land, but she was always getting into trouble, playing pranks on the guards, stealing things from people, refusing to listen to her parents. So one day, her fairy godmother gave her one last chance to be good before she would punish her and send her away. But the naughty princess didn't listen and went on doing all the bad things she liked to do. The fairy godmother turned her into a dog and sent her to live with people until she could learn to be good. When she learns to be a good girl, she can come back and be a princess again. I could hear all their smiles in the dark. The visitor whispered, is that really true? Maybe, the mom said. The little one sighed and rolled over. Sleepily, she said, well, she ain't leaving. She'll never be good enough to be a princess again. I sighed too and put my chin on the mom's legs. Isn't leaving, the mom replied. They drifted off to sleep and I kept watch. My eyes grew heavy as images of kingdoms and battles and castles floated through my mind. Had I really been a princess? I remembered happy puppy days, bouncing over my siblings, eating from the dog mama's belly, chewing on the other puppy's ears. I tried to remember being a princess, nothing. I couldn't remember a time I wasn't a dog, but I could remember what it was like before the darkness. I remember feelings of being happy, safe, and warm before the darkness bit me. It wasn't a big bite like my teeth can make, but it was a deep bite, like a needle attached to a long piece of thread. I'm not sure when it happened. It may have been the first time the people left me outside in a pen, in the dark, even though I was crying and crying to come in. It may have been the first time they hit me to make me stop barking. The thin poison of the darkness spread through my mind, my body, my feelings, my spirit. The poison made me fight and growl. It made all the different people who took me home get angry and bring me back again. By the time the mom got me, I had decided to hate everyone. No person was going to trick me into loving them ever again. The day she came to the puppy farm to get me, I got loose and ran and ran away from them all. It took four men and a lady to catch me. I ran all around the other dog pens and got the whole place stirred up. When they finally caught me and put me in her car, I expected her to say, Actually, no thank you. This dog is going to be too much trouble. Instead, she said to the little girl in the car with her, Isn't she beautiful, Megan? Megan, the same chocolate brown color as me, was pressed against the window trying to stay as far away from me as she could. Mm-hmm, she agreed and nodded, but her eyes weren't so sure this was a good idea. I went with the mom to her house, determined not to let it become my home. Somehow I could tell she was a mom even though there were no kids there. She did mom things like making food and cleaning and talking to me in a sing-song voice that meant I was hers. 
In a great big house, there was only two silent fish in a tank, me and the mom. I wanted so badly to like her, but I hated her. I knew she was like all the others, and that as soon as I started to love her, she would take me back to the farm with all the dogs. So when she tried to put a leash on me, I would snarl. When she walked with me, I would pull and pull and try to run away. When she called me from one room to the next, I would go to the other way and be impossible to catch. I made her afraid of me. You just need to show her who's the boss and dominate her, said a man and his wife who had come over one day for dinner. They had hamburgers and corn on the cob and I barked and barked from the back hallway the whole time they were eating. Nobody brought me anything. So after they left, the mom tried to rustle me to the ground and I bit her. The next day, she put a pokey collar around my neck that dug spikes into me when I pulled the leash. I pulled anyway and the darkness grew in my heart. She even hit me one day and my heart went cold. I heard her sobbing in her bedroom and I knew I had made her cry. This was good. She would return me and I wouldn't have lost any love. Nobody would ever dominate me. One evening she put a giant tree in the living room. At least it looked like a tree but smelled and tasted like plastic. She put lights on it and hung lots of toys from the branches. Some were made of wood and they crunched in a satisfying way when I chewed them up. She cried again that day. I didn't even look at her when we rode in the car and pulled up to a different dog place with lots of kennels and barking. She talked to a lady at the counter, dropped off my dog food and, and a blanket. I, I knew what was happening, though none of the other people who gave me away had given me a blanket when they got rid of me. The mom tried to hold my face to say goodbye. I wouldn't let her. I snatched my face away and never wanted to see her again. I lay on the concrete floor in the kennel for four nights and wanted to stop eating and die. I wondered what happens to dogs when nobody wants them. After the fifth sleep on the cold floor, the people took me for a bath and then brought me up to the room with the counter where the mom had left me. When I went into the room, the mom was there. She was there. She came back. She came back for me. My heart pounded. My brain was spinning, so my body followed it all over the room, barking and running. This had not happened before. No one had ever come back for me. I still wouldn't look at her. This had to be a trick. I acted as bad as I knew to be so that my heart wouldn't dare to hope. But still, the mom collected my blanket and food and gave money to the lady who said... I hope you had a nice vacation. We enjoyed having Hershey here. Bring her back anytime. That was a lie. They didn't enjoy me. They mostly just told me to shut up when I barked, and the teenage boy who gave me my food threw it so fast, most of it spilled around the bowl. The reason I had a bath was because they didn't clean the mess out of the cage until the day I left, but none of that mattered, because whatever vacation meant, it didn't mean she gave me away. We got home, back to the house with the familiar smells and all my toys, and still no kids. I ran all over, smelling everything, making sure this wasn't some horrible trick. She was tired and collapsed on the bed and cried again. She cries a lot. But this time I wanted to be in the room with her. Something in my tummy felt like love and hope, or maybe gas. I have lots of gas. I flopped on the floor by her bed and she reached down to scratch my head and play with my ears. This time I didn't move away. For the first time I noticed there was a song here. A calm, beautiful, sturdy song. It was so gentle, I hadn't heard it over the sound of my darkness. I drifted off to sleep that night, wondering if the mom could hear the song, too. Many days and nights kept happening, and as the time passed, I was watching and learning about her. Every morning, she would drink coffee, read from the book with the thin pages, and then talk to someone with her eyes closed. Sometimes she talked out loud, but most of the time she talked inside her brain. She talked all the time to me, too. I think she was lonely. Most people don't talk to dogs as much as she talked to me. She always remembered to walk me and feed me before she left. I stopped growling and snapping at her. I started to trust her. Maybe I even started to love her. 
Five days in a row, the mom would leave in the morning and be gone all day. In the afternoon, she would come home smelling like crayons and Play-Doh and goldfish crackers and the nose snot from small children. I don't know where she was going, but I figured it was probably heaven. Some weeks on the fifth day, she would bring one of the small children home with her along with its brothers and sisters. They would stay overnight and sleep on the empty beds and couches and make a mess and leave food within reach. I liked those days the best. The brothers and sisters all had watchful eyes in case of danger. They knew about the darkness like I did, but I could tell they could hear the song sometimes too. When the mom could read to them and laugh with them, their stiff shoulders would relax and they wouldn't look so much like frightened soldiers. She taught them how to play. I taught them not to leave their shoes and bears where I could reach them. Sometimes in the night, one would cry out in fear from bad dreams. The mom called them night terrors. I knew exactly what to do without being told. I would jump up on the bed and snuggle next to the little one and lick up her delicious salty tears. Then I would let her hold me and lie very still until she fell back to sleep. The littlest girls loved me the most. I loved them too. One time they were in the bath together and it looked like so much fun that I jumped right in the tub with them. I don't think they were as excited as I was to be all together in the water because they screamed for the mom and the littlest one started crying. The mom got us all out and dried off. The girls forgave me, at least I think they did, because the bigger little one gave me part of her dessert under the table and the littlest one let me lick the food off her face. When the children were in our house, the mom was happy and busy making food, scolding, singing, laughing. When they were gone, she was slow and tired and lonely. Sometimes I even thought I could see some darkness creeping over her. We were both happier with children. Over time, many children came and stayed at the house. Sometimes they rode their bikes over and ate freeze pops and spaghetti and went home. Sometimes they stayed for a week or just overnight. We had a baby once who sat in a tall chair in the kitchen and threw food down to me. Babies are my favorite. A few came with lots of garbage bags full of clothes that smelled like someone else's house and they put their things in the dresser to stay. They stayed so long their clothes started smelling like home. All of them knew the darkness. All of them had watchful eyes like me. The mom loved all of them and some could even hear the song, I think. I could hear it louder and louder. I figured out that the children needed me. I was their protector and comforter. Also, I taught them important life skills like not to leave special toys or food too near the ground and never ever to look away when eating an ice cream cone. All that long night in the tent, I thought about where I had come from and who I was. As the sun came up and the morning birds started singing, I whined and nudged the mom with my nose so she could wake up and take me out to use the bathroom. She was grumpy, but she got up and took me out quickly so I wouldn't wake the girls. I knew that would work. She zipped the tent shut and we walked down the road. I tugged at the leash and sniffed all my familiar spots before I got down to business. I like to drag walks out as long as I possibly can. We went into the quiet house and she fed me and made me the coffee. I settled by her feet while she read the book with the thin pages and sipped from her warm cup. I sighed and thought about how nice it would be to be a princess, to be able to speak and have hands and hold cups and sit up at the table where all the good food is. I made a decision to myself that today would mark the day I became the best dog who ever lived. From henceforth and forever, I thought to myself, I will come when she calls. I will not steal food. I will never chew up the toys of small children. I will always walk nicely without pulling, and never will I ever run out the front door when it opens and race around the neighborhood refusing to come home. I looked up at her, eager for her to know of my decision, knowing she would be so very pleased with me. I was startled to see tears coming down her face and quiet sobs shaking her shoulders. She was so weary. I could tell she was listening for the song, but it seemed the darkness was louder today. I panicked for a moment. How could I think of leaving? She needed me. 
I jumped my big body onto the couch next to her and put my head on her leg. She played with my ears while she cried. I don't know how I ever noticed before. Probably I was distracted by food, but she is just like the children who come to her house with their watchful eyes and knowledge of darkness. She loves them because she is one of them. She has learned the song and she wants them to know it too. Only someday she needs someone to sing it to her. She kissed my brown head and laid her head on mine. I love you, she said quietly. I looked up at her, my eyes begging for her to understand what I wanted her to know. Don't worry, my eyes said. I won't become a princess again. I won't learn to be good and have to leave you, I promise. And I snatched a napkin with a bit of her breakfast still on it and ran from the room.